Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. The last three Sundays, the preacher has gone over the time limit. Jacob Blouse preached way too long. Mike Spencer preached way too long, and Dale McCamish preached way too long. Today, you don't have to worry about going too long. We have what we call our five by five. We have five people from our congregation, four members and one honorary member that are going to give their best five minutes on a passage of scripture today, and I I guarantee you can take home something from each one of our speakers, something that will grow you closer to Christ, something that will transform your heart to be more like Jesus, and so um, we, we have five speakers. They are on a countdown clock. If you have not seen this before or not been here when we've done this, they have a five minute countdown clock, one right after another, and as it approaches zero, when it hits zero, you're going to hear a bell. Ding, ding. And that's their cue that they got to get off the stage. Um, but it's, it's one right after another. So you have a job too. You know, pray for them. Uh, they're nervous to come out and speak in front of somebody. And we, wanna, we want the Holy Spirit to empower them to have clarity, uh, to talk about the scripture and clarity to present Jesus Christ. Number two, take notes. Uh, there is something for everyone in each one of the talks. Uh, but if you don't take a note, you might forget something that really was designed to pierce your heart and stir your emotion toward Jesus Christ. And then, and finally, finally, we want to cheer for them and encourage them. And so when they come out, you clap for them. When they finish, you clap for them. And, and we're, we're not only encouraging them, but we're giving praise to God through our claps that, uh, that he has given them this ability to come out and just teach us this morning and move us closer to Jesus Christ. So you got it? Take notes and cheer like crazy. Uh, Please welcome our first speaker to the platform. I don't know if you sensed it yet or not, but he is here, hallelujah. He is here, amen. He is here, holy, holy. I will bless his name again. He is here, listen closely. Hear him calling out your name. He is here, you can touch him, and you will never be the same. Listen, we've just come through a praise set that all the send us out of here shouting. I love praise. In fact, the text I want to use today is Psalm 103, the first five verses, and it reads, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How can we not praise the Lord when we serve a God like that? I want to talk to you about my praise. I want you to think about yourself. Where is your thermometer of praise right now? 
I want to give you two illustrations from my life that shows you uh, what I have experienced in recent times. The first one, I went to a concert that I've gone to many times before, paid good money, looked forward to it, and uh, uh, it was going to start at 6 o'clock and go to midnight. Fifteen groups were going to sing. And listen, I don't have to put on my praise when I go to something like that. I just do it because the praise is within me. God gives me the reason to praise. And so anyhow, I get there to the concert, 19,000 people there, and they introduced the first group, and the first group, and, and I like to sing along when I know the songs. Well, I know most of the songs. They start singing. Guess what? I start singing. Guess what happened? Lady to my left, she went like this to me, and she said, would you please shut up? I paid good money to listen to these people. Now, what would you have done? Now, let me tell you, the spirit just went out of me. It's, it's like deflating a basketball. The air was gone. I was ruined for the night. I, I probably should have done something different, but it, my human nature kicked in. Listen, when I read this psalm, bless the Lord on my soul, most of the psalms, uh, David says, praise the Lord. And it's an imperative. It, it's, it's, a, uh, it, it's a command. We are commanded to praise the Lord. And we should without anybody. It, it, it should be the same as breathing. We inhale God's blessings and God's promises, and we exhale the praises back to God. And we reverence him, we respond to him, and he, he restores us. Well, David said, let everything that's got breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Do you remember the story about when Jesus was passing through and there were, uh, people were saying, uh, they were crying out, uh, blessed, blessed is, is, is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and, and the religious people said, Jesus, tell these people to shut up and don't do that. Jesus said this, if they don't give praise, the rocks and the hills are going to cry out. Let me tell you something. No rocks and no hills is going to steal my praise. I'm going to give my praise, and I hope you do too. Well, the second illustration, uh, let's fast forward to this recent March the 3rd. And we were invited by some friends. They bought the tickets, and we went to, I didn't know what it was going to be. I was anticipating it being a concert where the performers get up there. And guess what? We got there, 4,000 people, and it was Phil Wickham and Matt Meyer, if you know who those people are. Write great songs. We sing some of them here. And guess what? They got up there, and all the performers got on stage, and when they started singing, they put the words up on the screen, and 4,000 people started singing. Nobody told me to shut up. <laughs> Nobody told me to shut up. I felt like I was in heaven. 4,000 people who believed like me. So how else can I say, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. The songwriter said this, he gave me my first breath, and I'm going to give him my last. Praise God, to God be the glory. Morning. I'm Angela, and I want to remind each of you that you are worthy. 
We all go through periods of life where we don't feel great about ourselves. For some of us, it's the actions of others that cause us to feel that way. Maybe in childhood, you had a sibling that required a lot of your attention, or your parents worked a lot, and so ultimately you just felt unnoticed. Maybe you studied all the time, but you still received poor grades. Maybe all your friends were athletic, and you weren't. We allowed TV, social media, advertising to define what, define what beauty is. And then the rest of us, we're all left feeling too tall, too short, too thin, or overweight. Perhaps you've been in a relationship where someone has an addiction, and their only focus is their next fix. And you're left feeling that, wow, drugs and alcohol have more value than I do? Perhaps you've been broken from past relationships. You've just been beaten down and you just feel like you never measured up. Great news. Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14 says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So remember, God created you and his works are all wonderful. He loves you just as you are, so embrace your differences. And then there's another category of, of us where it's our own actions that have left us feeling unworthy. Perhaps you've made decisions such as adultery, divorce, addiction, abortion, maybe pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth have crept into your life. Well, remember, we're all flawed. Moses was a murderer David was an adulterer, and Paul vigorously persecuted Christians before becoming one himself. And if God could use all of those individuals and flawed people for his good, he can use you too. In Matthew 26, during the Last Supper, before Jesus died on the cross, he told his disciples in verse 28, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Can I get an amen? amen. Remember, Christ died on the cross to atone for our sins. When we accept him, confess our sins, and we're baptized, when you come up out of that water, you are, you're born again and you... You're washed clean and you have a whole new life. Not only are you worthy, but I want you to realize God wants to use you, your past, your experiences, your gifts, and your unique talents. You're thinking that those things make you imperfect, but realize someone else who's going through the same thing you did, you're the perfect candidate to reach out to those individuals. So I want you to remember four things today. So if you're a note taker like me, I've always got a notebook and I'm always writing down, whether it be in our small groups or what Dale or Jacob is saying, write these four things down. Number one, don't allow the world to define your worth. Let that be between you and God. His love is all we need. Look to the Bible. There are so many scriptures that tell us how we are worthy, we're wonderfully made, and we are loved. Number two, you are already worthy and equipped to bring others to Christ. Don't let your past get in your way. 
And don't feel like you have to go to a seminary school before you have the right words to speak to someone else. You have your testimony, what you've been through. Just be open, be honest, tell others what your life was like before and how God has changed you. And that will resonate in the lives of so many. Number three, not only are you worthy, but you are needed. God gave each of us special gifts and talents. Don't compare those to someone else's. If everyone were singers, there'd be no one to preach. If everyone were bakers, there'd be no one, teachers to teach. Number four, and most importantly, don't wait to clean up your life before you give it to Christ. You are worthy today. If you haven't already made that choice and you need to speak with someone, please come forward after the service. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Todd Chisholm, and today I want to talk to you about something that I struggle with in my walk with Christ. I pray that this helps someone here today, as well as myself, as a reminder to me. My topic is forgiveness, and I know that we've all heard messages on forgiveness before, you know, the forgiveness of Christ for our sins and us forgiving others, and that's all great and that's amazing that those messages are, but this one's about forgiving yourself for your past. I think I struggle with that more than anything I struggle with. I know I've been forgiven through the grace, mercy, love, the sacrifice, and the shedding of blood of our Lord and Savior, which covers my sins and the sins of everyone who accepts Him. But I also have memories that creep in, something that reminds me of something I've done in my past or said in my past. I've thought about this recently, and I do believe Satan sometimes brings those up to us, but also as humans, I believe we bring it up in our own minds. We don't let go of our past that Jesus has forgiven. I've had the Holy Spirit direct me before and had a feeling that I should do something or I should help someone or uh, follow him in a certain way. I've had things that, you know, creep into my mind saying, remember your past when you did this or remember when you did that or remember when you said this. So, because of your past, you feel like you'd be a hypocrite if you were to help someone or to talk to someone about something that you've actually committed. But we need to remember as Christians, we're a forgiven child of God through Christ. We know that we alone are not good enough. With the Holy Spirit inside of us, leading us to and through the future, we need to quit replaying the things of our past that have been forgiven, forgotten, and made clean. Remember, when God looks at us now, he sees his son who has paid the price for the sins of all who accept him. I sort of had an analogy of uh, comparing this to driving a car. If you're driving a car, you know, you're looking out the front windshield. You're looking side windows. You have a beautiful picture of where you should go, and I think that's God's directing us. If we're following him, we're having a beautiful picture looking through the front window as long as we follow him and where he wants us to go. But I think many times we have something, the rear view mirror, we focus on, we're driving along following God, but we focus on that rear view looking at our past. Something will flash up to us and keep us from following what God is destined for us and what he has planned for us. 
So what I've been trying to do lately is when I remember a sin from my past or something's brought up that stops me from doing what the Lord would want me to do, I calmly say, thank you for reminding me of this, and I thank God for, for uh, forgiving me for whatever sin this was. I'm trying to learn to turn a negative thought into a positive moment between me and God. Romans 8.1 says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17-19 and then verse 21 says, Therefore, if, any, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciled, reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become a righteous, righteousness of God. Psalms 103, 10-12 says, He does not treat our he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16 says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. So in closing, if you have, accept, if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior today, let's focus on the present and the future, living our lives a little more for Jesus each day and trying to bring more people to his kingdom through our actions, words, and walk until we overflow with Jesus coming out of us and there's no room left for our past to come back in. Thank you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Ephesians 4, verses 26, 31, and 32 say, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Today, I wanted to talk to you about emotions and controlling your reactions to your emotions. My first point is do not let your emotions control your reactions. I was playing basketball at small groups one evening, just playing knockout, just thought I was going to have a good time, you know. Well, I guess it wasn't my day because I was missing a lot of shots, messing up a lot on defense, just not my day, you know. And I feel this anger coming up inside of me. I just keep getting more and more upset. And finally, I realize I, I need to get away. So I go to the other side of the court and I take a basketball with me. And I'm just talking to myself, kind of just beating myself up, really just being angry. 
and just, there comes a point where it all blows over, and I grab the basketball, and I throw it against the wall. (sighs) Luckily, it didn't hurt anyone. But after reading this scripture, I realized I messed up, and I failed. And I think we can all relate to doing something like that. But we don't want to stay there. We always want to get better. And that leads me to my second point. The only way I believe you can control your reactions to your emotions is to lean on God and to lean on his Holy Spirit to help you. My father is, uh, well, I'm like him in many ways, and he can sometimes have a short fuse, just like me. And, well, he's never done anything that bad. But (laughs) there has been moments we realize that he's got a little upset. He always comes, and I notice that he always comes and asks us for forgiveness. He also prays to God for forgiveness. But I've also picked up kind of recently that he's been uh, praying before he even gets upset calming himself down before he does anything. And I believe we can all learn something from that. And I look to him as a kind of role model there. I believe that the only way to really control your reactions to your emotions is to lean on God. And the only way I could think to do that is to pray. To pray, to pray, to pray before you even get tense. But I'm not saying you can't have emotions. It's not to pray to not have emotions. It's to pray to have the self-control and for God to help you control yourself in those tense situations. Now, what I've personally started doing is praying about those tense situations even before they come up. They say practice makes perfect, and... Well, I guess I need a lot of practice. And in a way, it's kind of like basketball. There was a story uh, Jacob Blaus shared with me the other evening. He said uh, Michael Jordan would get so upset with himself that he wouldn't make free throws in games when he was back in high school. So he'd he'd force himself to make 100 free throws in a row every day for practice. He also shared with me that Steph Curry wouldn't let himself eat dinner before he made 100 free throws in a row. And I believe we need that sort of discipline in our faith. If we don't practice the basics of prayer and of reading your Bible and of just being, spending time with God, I don't think we'll make any progress. So I hope today that you just take this, pray, and, uh, pray to God and ask him to help you in any situation you're in. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 
Who is God? God is the creator of the universe, all living things, heaven and the earth, man and woman, the sun and the moon, day and night. And it's important to have a connection with God because he loves you so much. See, God is our three in one. He is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so he loves us so much that he sent his son down to teach us how to live and love. And because he knew the punishment for sin was death, Jesus took our place on the cross and he died for us, condemning our sin on the cross so that we may be saved under Jesus Christ. I, I could never pay that back. No, I mean, we don't have to either. That's the beautiful thing about it because he loves us so much. So what did he do? Well, let me tell you in Romans chapter 8, 1 through 4 in the New King James Version. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I am now saved from sin because of this sacrifice. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, the same as you and I, on account of sin. He condemned this sin in the flesh, and the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So who is God? Well, I explained a little bit about God, who God is, but I'd like to say how he's involved in our lives. See, God is the one who accepts you when no one else will. God is like the bird who lures you away from the edge of the cliff. God is the one who stays up all those late nights with you. God gives us the childlike wonder that's inside all of us when we receive the gift of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So why do we raise our arms in church during worship? Some of you, I've seen you doing this. That's okay. Because, you know, a child will come to the parent and want to be picked up and held because they know the parent is going to make everything all right under the comfort and the love of the parent. So we really are just like big kids who want to be supported by our father. So in that, I'd like to explain that God is like the father we need and he will never leave you. God is like the mother who will love you and give you unconditional love. God is like the friend who you laugh with and share memories with. And God has always been the constant in my life, and I wouldn't know life without him. Because I was lost, and his love found me. And I used to be one way, and now I'm another. I was lost, I was confused, I was depressed, and I was angry, and I don't know why I was doing what I was doing. But now, I have a sense of peace, a sense of direction, and a purpose. And I couldn't be happier to be alive. You know, I hope what I said here today really inspires at least one person to make the change in their life and begin growing a connection or a stronger connection with God. Because we can help you, and you never have to do this alone, because we are your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a real relationship, and it takes work and patience. You know, it, love, it really takes effort, but with God, he loves you already. And, you know, sometimes we don't, we don't win these battles, but that's when God takes over because you don't have to do this all alone on your own because God loves you so much, he will make a way for you. He is the way maker. He will take care of you because he loves you. And when I was feeling at one of my lowest points in life, he wrapped his arms around me and he wouldn't let me go. He kept me alive so I could be here speaking today. So hopefully I can reach someone and 
give you the same beautiful relationship and connection with God. If you're lost, if you're hurting, if you feel like you've made bad choices, if you feel unsavable, confused, blessed, or happy to be alive, or if you're feeling thankful, I strongly urge you to make the connection today because God's love is waiting for you. And it's a free gift he gave, gave to us. You don't need to pay anything back. Just love him and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior because it is a loving relationship that sees no end. And you'll be saved and you'll be in such a much better place so you may live a blessed life. And I'd like to thank you all for this time to speak. I, I pray that you just make the connection today with God because there's so much love like you can't wrap your mind around that he has for us. It's unbelievable. I mean, it'll shake you to your core. But that's love. Thank you. Anytime, anytime we hear the gospel being presented or we have scripture that we can turn to. And um, for me, every time I read scripture, there's something that I have failed at. Well, the response that we have for that is to turn to Christ. We, we, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to make ourselves right? What do we need to do to get better? What do we need to do? Well, we need to turn to Jesus. And that's why he gave us communion. Communion is this ability to respond to Jesus with the bread and the cup. If you didn't collect a bread and cup on the way in, this little packet, they are at each door if you wanna get one right now. Communion is so special. You know, it reminds us it is a form of worship. We are declaring Jesus's death and resurrection and that he will come again every time we participate in communion. We're reminding the people around us, we're worshiping and blessing each other by pointing them to Christ when we participate in communion. When we take the bread out, go on and take your bread out. This is a clear illustration that God says we are valuable and worthy. Jesus Christ took our sin in his body and then he gave us this bread to remind us that his body was sacrificed for our sins. Would you remind yourself how valuable you are to God that he sent his son to die for you by participating in the bread? Lord, we praise you. And we thank you that you have taken our sin and put it in your body and destroyed sin, being a sacrifice in our place and paying our debt. Thank you for that reminder. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Would you also take out your cup and just hold it? It is inevitable, I believe, that we will either be reminded by Satan or reminded by our own failures that we have something in the past that we are not proud of. But when you look in your rearview mirror, this cup reminds you to see the cross. That is how Jesus sees you. And when you look in your future, you are reminded to see the resurrection and you will be joining with over, with over millions and millions and millions of Christians that have already gone ahead and that are still alive today that we will be praising God at the resurrection together. This bread and cup reminds us, Jesus in front of me, Jesus behind me, Jesus beside me, beneath me, above me, and with me. Would you participate in the cup and remind yourself that his blood was shed for you?
Lord, I praise you. And we praise you together. Being spiritually strengthened, drawn closer to you through this act of communion. Lord, you tell us and remind us that we are participating in the body and blood of Christ every time we participate as the body of Christ in communion. I don't understand it, Lord, but I love how you are drawing us closer spiritually in relationship to you and reminding us of your love. I just thank you for this time. Lord, help us to live reminded and reminding ourselves constantly how much you love us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just want more information about our church, be sure to fill out a Connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time.